of great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The masculine journey starts here now. Welcome to Masculine Journey. We are very glad to have you with us on this special day. Today we are out uh, at the Middle Eastern Christian Festival. That's what it's called, isn't it, Robbie? Yes, 1292 Wicker Road in Kernersville. Yeah, 7284. At the Friendly Arabic Church. Um, I've passed by here so many times and I've seen it, but I've never had the opportunity to be here. And it was really kind of neat to walk around and just see people from all different countries you know, and some of the stuff that they have from their home countries to look at and, and things that you can learn about it. Did you smell the food from oh, I, about yeah, Fulbright? Yeah, I have it. <laughs> but I opted not to get the food until after the show because I was afraid, you know, I'd just be in a bliss and not be able to talk at all. Uh, but just really to see the community that's out here today that's really formed around, you know, the love of Christ, even though they come from multiple backgrounds, which is really pretty cool. And, and that's our topic for today, isn't it, Robbie? Yeah, we have been doing the pillars, Sam and I, for, and the the team that we usually have, Jim and um, Dennis. even Vinny and all those people, talking about the pillars of the masculine journey. And with that idea being, you know, when you take a pillar out of a foundation, then something's going to tip and it's not going to go so well. And we've done the pillar of faith, obviously, which is critical, and hope, and yeah. love. And joy. And joy. And... Uh, Today, we are talking, one of the pillars, and a lot of men may not realize this, is community. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The pillar of community is vital. I know each time we talk about it, we talk about how vital things are. But you just made the analogy that's correct. Without a pillar, something's not going to stand. It may stand for a little while, but you get a storm from the right direction, it's going to come down. You know, without that foundation and that pillar. And, and communities, one, as men... We often kind of push away, and a lot of that has to do with society kind of telling us, oh, just be tough, you can handle it, you don't need anybody, you're if on If you your watched own. Rambo, you yeah. didn't, oh, why would I need anybody? I, I have my machete and my uh, bow and arrow, and I can blow up half the world. Oh, yeah, you know, just I need to be a survivor out there on my own. And, and, and the thing is, like with a lot of it, there's elements of truth. That's what makes it feel kind of right, but it's so far from the truth. You know, biblically, when you look back, you know, we were created in God's image, but not just God's image, we're created in the Holy Trinity's image. When you go back and you look in Genesis, it talks about we were created as men and women in and their children, image. as you can hear. Yeah, and children, in their <laughs> image. And, uh, you know, it, it's, we're made in community, and we're meant to be in community. And, and that was man's original purpose in the Garden of Eden, to walk with God in community. You know, and we have all this that we're reminded of it, but somehow as men, we tend to forget it and, and kind of move on and just try to be these, you know, lone wolves out there on our own. I actually don't think we just tend to forget it. The enemy comes in, you know, with that lie of you don't need anybody. Right. And you can, you don't need any help. You can do this on your own. And, um. All you need is a good YouTube video. <laughs> That's right. Something on Netflix. You know, you're good to go. Well, and I think it, it couples with the fact that a lot of times people have been hurt by community. 
especially if you look at, you know, for me personally, some of my biggest wounds over time came from a community in which I thought I was safe. You know, whether that be family, whether that be friends, but a community that in some ways was supposed to uh, love me and protect me and, and keep things um, safe didn't end up being that way. And so when you have that in your background, it, it almost makes you fearful at times of community. And that's the enemy's plan, is to divide you and conquer you so he can just take you away from the pack and, and devour you down the road. Yeah, all you have to do is watch, like on, on Netflix, they have that BBC thing on the earth, and they show all these different, <clears throat> you know, the ocean, or they show the, the, the tundra or wherever. In each case, if you look at what the predator does, he is looking to separate the caribou from the pack of caribou. He's looking to separate, you know, the baby seal from the rest of the seals. And as soon as you get them done, get them out there isolated, you know, they're essentially shark food. Oh, absolutely. Ooh, ha, ha. Yeah. <laughs> baby shark bait. The, uh, when, when you look at even a lot of the movies that we watch, you look at our TV shows. You're going to something back that's very, very secular in nature, the, the show Friends. And what made Friends so popular was, at the end of the day, yeah, it was about their adventures, but it was about community. You know, all the shows that we see about football teams, what makes those so special is community. Right. I, I think that, rem- that team that, that, that made you feel like you were part of something. Yeah. Remember the Titans is one of my favorite movies. You know, and you have all the struggles that's going on around them politically, socially, all the things of, of that based on a true story movie. And you have this community of people from different backgrounds that come in and form this small community that lasts for decades. You know, just this friendships, these deep, intimate people that they could walk through life with. And that's what God's calling us to do, first and foremost with him, but in community with others. You know, we can't walk in community in place of God, but we're meant to walk in conjunction with God in a community. Now, Robbie, a question I have for you is, I know community has been pretty important to you, but uh, our community has really um, been there for each other at times. You know, the, the group that you've had and just, can you think about a time where a community, whether it be your Christmas, Christ, uh, Christian businessmen or any of those that... Uh, have really stepped up and helped you in the community. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, I have several different stories that I could share, but one that clearly always will stand out in my mind will be, you know, when I was crushed with the Jeep. Yeah. And uh, I just had my last chemotherapy treatment and went out on a Jeep Jamboree and got crushed between two Jeeps in Murphy, North Carolina. They airlifted me to, or they didn't airlift me, they took me by ambulance all the way from Murphy to Baptist Hospital because they were freaked out because here's this guy with this shattered leg and he just finished chemotherapy. And when they got there, it was like 3 o'clock in the morning. And my entire Sunday school class was out there. I mean, and this was not a few people. This was like 70 or 80 people waiting in the emergency room for this ambulance to come with Robbie Dillmore to go in to get treated for my like this situation. And I'll never, ever, ever forget this. It was one of the greatest testimonies of all time. The nurse, as she's wheeling me in, you know, with whatever, she goes, you must be from that Calvary Baptist Church. 
And I said, how would you know? And she goes, well, one of you guys show up, you bring a group with you. Oh, that's amazing. And, you know, that is a picture of, you know, of what community, you know, when people come around you, when you got a crisis, it's just, it's a testimony that that nurse knew that the only reason all these people would be down here at three o'clock in the morning is that this person obviously was a member of a strong community and what that looked like. And we have with us Ramon. Uh, did I get your name right? Yes, sir. Ah, oh, and Ramon is part of the community here at the Friendly Arabic Church. Yes. <laughs> and Ramon, is there a story in your life where um, you needed the, the, the pillar of community where people showed up for you when there was something that happened to maybe people from this church? Well, before we, we're, we're talking about today, Ramon, is men tend to isolate. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we tend to kind of feel like we don't need community. Mm-hmm. But in truth, God tells us we need community. Mm-hmm. You know, and what men learn from a lot is listening to stories mm-hmm. of when community really came mm-hmm. for other men. And and that's what I'd love to hear if you have anything like that, you know, either here or at home or community really just came to your aid when you really needed it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'll, I'll tell you just a small experience. Um, I graduated over a year ago uh, from seminary. And I'm currently uh, looking for work, for example. So that is something I've been I've been looking for work for a while now. And just just by spending time here, very little time in the Friendly Arabic Church, many people have already started, uh, you know, talking to me and seeing how they can help me and you know get in touch with with other contacts and stuff like that. Um, so that is something that it might be a simple thing, but I think it's an important thing for. For me, I mean, the feeling that there are others around me who are willing to help. That sounds great. I'd love to get more when we come back. We're getting ready to go into break. And speaking of community, we'd love for you to come to our boot camp that's coming up in November, November 9th through 12th. And we find that men make bonds there, definitely with God, but with each other. And communities spring from that. And we just hope that you'll pray about coming. Go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org to register now. In Africa, five-year-old Cheru has no choice. She and millions like her walk miles a day for dirty water. But together, we can end their walk by providing clean water close by. Instead of spending hours walking to get water that makes them sick, girls can be in a classroom and moms will gain back time to care for their families. Sons and daughters can grow up strong, finally free of sicknesses. It's true. When you just add water, you change a life. Learn more at worldvision.org. This is Ann Graham Lotz with Daily Light for Daily Living. Why does God let bad things happen to good people, to innocent people? Sometimes His ways seem so hard to understand. In Romans 8:28, Paul says, We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. Phrased another way, Paul was reminding the children of God they can be confident that brokenness leads to blessing, death leads to life, suffering leads to glory. Has someone suggested to you that if God really wanted your best, He would heal your disease? Or if God really loved you, He would never have allowed you to lose that job? If God really cared, you'd be healthy and problem-free. God has said that the proof of His love is none of these things. Listen to me. God loves you. The proof is that He has just given you Jesus. 
This is Ann Graham Lodz. Swimming pools can be lots of fun, but they can be dangerous too, especially for young children. Always practice simple safety steps to prevent tragedies. Fence all pools. Teach kids to swim. And always watch them around water. No horseplay. Simple steps save lives. To learn new life-saving steps, visit PoolSafely.gov. A public service message from the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission. I'm getting older. Do I need to worry about falling? Yes, you do. Each year, one in four people 65 and older will experience a fall, and many will be serious. The majority of falls happen at home, so remove things that could make you trip and install handrails to keep you steady. To learn more about the steps you can take to help prevent a fall, please talk to your doctor. You can also visit aarpfoundation.org or medicaremadeclear.com slash falls. This message was brought to you by United Healthcare and AARP Foundation. Don't let debt keep you down. Protect your career, your family, and your financial future with help from NFCC, a financial advocate who understands the money issues faced by current and former military members. Schedule a confidential financial review with an objective nonprofit NFCC financial counselor. Call us today at 877-404-6322 or visit us at nfcc.org slash military. You owe it to yourself. Get relief now. Welcome back to the Masculine Journey. And we are so excited to be live today from the Middle Eastern Christian Festival at the Friendly Arabic Church in Cornersville, North Carolina. It's, it's actually 1292 Wicker, W-H-I-C-K-E-R Road. If you're putting that in your navigation, you want to get over here because you want to eat some of this kofta or you want to eat the kebabs or you've got some hummus. hummus and, oh, yes, it's all there. You can smell it from blocks away. Or maybe you want to... Dapka, is that what you call it when they're line, 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 line dancing? Line, <laughs> I can't do the dapka. The, you know, I do it with my accent. But anyway, they have that and all those, just all different things. About the pillar of the masculine journey, the pillar of community. And how as men, you know, we need these pillars of life like faith and love and hope and joy. But actually, if you don't have anybody to share life with, um, somebody that's, you know, you can put your arm around when you break your leg like I did. <laughs> <laughs> Which actually, I guess I should share that briefly. For those yeah. who did, don't know it, I broke my leg on Labor Day. Um, and because I'm one of my best friends is Bob Young from 109 You Pull It. And I know that when I'm in trouble, I can dial 788-9122. And he'll come pull my boat for me because in my case, I ran out of gas. And I thought that I would call Bob because I knew he lived on the lake. So you haven't heard this story. So I call Bob, and he comes out, and he's going to tow the boat to get some gas. And it didn't, still didn't start, so we were going to tow it away from the boat dock, the gas dock. And I went out on the bow because it looked like we were going to hit another boat. And as I went to push off of the boat that looked like we were going to hit, another boat behind me that I was not aware of there, it hit which then shook the boat and knocked Robbie off the front of the boat, which wouldn't have been that bad because I'd just gone in the water. But somehow or another, my right leg decided to grab hold of the rail on, I don't even know how it did it, my ankle, one side of my knee, the other, and snap, broke my leg. Mm. And there I am hanging upside down, Camille. Wow. Hanging upside down in the water. Wow. And so 
Bob sees all this shenanigans. And my, my wife and family said, before you could even breathe, the man jumped in the water. He, off of, he was driving his boat. He jumps in the water. And he comes up underneath me to get my head up out of the water while my, my daughter and her friend take my leg, unwrap it from the, um, which seemed like took two weeks for me, but I think it was about two minutes of that leg being broken and, and hanging from it. It was not a very pleasant experience. But I say all that to say this. I have no concept of what that experience would have been like without having a brother like Bob Young, who oh, I can just assure you, uh, a, a, a brother like Sam or like uh, like other people that I walk with that or just would do anything in the world for you in a moment of, of crisis. But we also have here with us today another brother who I've broken Peter with on more than one occasion, Camille. And Camille, there was a point in your life where that community really meant everything for you on a lot, something a whole lot bigger than a broken leg. Absolutely. Uh, years ago, you know, our daughter Rima, she battled cancer, and uh, we we stayed in uh, Baptist Hospital for over about four years, and uh, uh, we always were involved with our church family and our school family and the community around us. And uh, you won't believe, Rob, how much and how important was the community surrounding us is important. Uh, to make us go through uh, this uh, medical difficult time we went through. Um, it's, it's, it was so much support that we were overwhelmed with the love and the prayers from our church members, from our school members. It's amazing how everybody came together united under Christ praying for us and praying for Rima life and uh, supported us in every single way you can imagine. Some some schools supported us in, uh, in meals where the families of the whole school system, they decided to provide us meal after meal after meal. And you know, you can't tell I love food. So, <laughs> so that, that, was, that was tremendous help, especially where my wife and I were in the hospital with Rima most of the time. A school teacher uh, from Salem Baptist Christian School, they they really helped our kids through their homework and uh, uh, to catch up with their school because we're not home like before to take care of the kids. Uh, the church members here, I mean, we have visitation after visitation. I mean, every single day. We and, have and there's a neat story behind that. I happen to know because I know your story that this, like mine, was a testimony that other people are watching this, and there, there at the end of the hall in Remus' room, you know, is a Middle Eastern Christian festival going on in a room because they see this, all these That's right. big Actually. <laughs> Middle Eastern huggers. Now, if you haven't been to the Middle Eastern Christian festival, you, would, you wouldn't know this, but they love to hug one another, and so they see all this hugging, and what in the world is going on here? <laughs> and, and, and some of the doctors took notice, like, what's going on? And, and you know what? The church used to actually almost gather at the waiting room. We were in the ICU for about four weeks when Rima was in coma. And we have, I mean, an ongoing basis from, like, 10 o'clock in the morning till about 10 o'clock at night, 20 to 30, 40 people from either church member, family, friends, from the school members, they are sitting in the waiting room, hemming 
and praying and uh, supporting us and uh, uh, talking to us and visit with us. It was amazing. It was like a church, an ongoing basis in that waiting room uh, for over four weeks in the ICU. And a lot of people witnessed that. And we had a lot of people from the ICU unit, family members, that not our family, but other families, came outside and they asked us to pray for uh, their children and whoever is going under difficulty. And there was actually a doctor who was who was touched by it that came to know Christ as a result. Am I right? And that's that's correct. Uh, actually, we met um, uh, a professor for, uh, with Wake Forest uh, uh, University. He was an English professor, and uh, the result out of all what he saw, as he, his question was, how could you guys be joyful when you guys going under a difficult time like this and that opened opportunity to share the love of Christ with them and to share what what Jesus has taught taught us for all these years and even your daughter who I know the listeners are concerned they would be but she, she's graduated now but she gave you an answer one time to the question yeah Rima uh, when before she got sick her biggest question was to me why Jesus allowed bad things to happen to good people I mean, that was the biggest question. And I always tried to answer her that biblically and, you know, from, from what I know. And I showed her so many different places in the Bible, you know, how God, you know, brought good out of bad situations. And somehow she never really got it till after that English professor I'm, I'm referring to came to Christ and asked Rima to pray with him. Uh, to come to Christ in her room. Wow. And uh, it's amazing. God used uh, a very heavy accent guy like me and my, my family to really to share the love of Christ with an English professor at Wake Forest, Baptist, uh, Wake Forest uh, University. And, uh, and then your daughter came, knew the he, answer. He came to Christ. And after he left, Rima came to me and said, Dad, now I know why God allowed this to happen to me. I mean, that was like a confirmation mm -hmm. to her to see that how God, he brought life out of death. Mm -hmm. You know, Jesus, out of his death, he gave us life. Okay? And he always used or allow or, or if things happen like this, that he brings good out of it. And, you know, Rima was sick very sick and we all in the beginning wondered what's going on then we start realizing how god used Rima's situation to really bring blessings to a lot of people around us in the community oh, yeah, and yeah. blessings to us as well because we have grown so much through that experience and now we understand that you know god will always bring good out of every situation i don't care how tough that situation you just need to trust in him, mm -hmm. and you need to believe he's the almighty and he's in control. And if you believe that, God will always be there with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's amazing that, you know, as Christians sometimes when we're going through those things, we, the, the shame of it is not that we're going through it, which is horrible, that we sometimes won't let God work. That's right. And, uh, you know, we don't turn that over to him. We don't trust him. We don't give to him that faith that God you're going to do something even with this yes. you know because those things can happen and they do happen if we let God do work in them 
I mean, we we, we live we live in a wicked world, and mm -hmm. you know, things bad things will happen. The question is, are you going to face those bad things by yourself or with the, with the Lord Christ? Mm -hmm. And and there is another part there to it that I wanted to bring out because this show is about community, and it's not just you and Christ. It's you and Christ, and allowing other people to come in and be your community when you're hurt, and you know to be transparent enough to say look i'm really hurting i need some help and and you know about there are all these people right now in baptist hospital i promise you they all have kids over there they're not even telling their families they're not even telling their church because they're afraid like you were talking about community and that's critical that you allow people to share in that your struggle because they got a huge blessing by coming over and bringing you absolutely in the middle of <laughs> there's this whole aspect of you know we know jesus is savior we know jesus is friend and that develops over time but when you're first a christian and, and even in your 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 uh, journey you know you really only get some of those glimpses of christ from other christians you know that they bring that aspect and show jesus's love to you in a very tangible real way that makes it so concrete in your heart. Absolutely. You know, I think of the people that's gone through the stuff that's happened in Texas recently or in Florida, and the power of community reaching out in love is huge. And, and it's so innate in us that even non-Christians don't realize the, the draw to that community. But God hardwired us with that need, and, and, you know, he sent out people, Jesus sent out people to let them know about him, because they need to have those communities within them. You know, so many of these cultures, and I've never been from a place overseas, but I have friends that's from there, and just how much they needed that community to get through the things life throws at them. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Well, we thank you for listening to The Masculine Journey. We hope that you join us next week on our Pillar of Adventure. Yeah. It's one that's been an adventure to get to. We've been trying to do it for the last couple of weeks. And we'd really ask that you'd consider coming to a boot camp coming up November 9th through 12th. Ask that you pray to God and just say, God, I know you want to meet me there in community, but you may have some other community in store for me too. The Masculine Journey Radio Show comes to you weekly on The Truth because of your faithful prayer and gifts. Their address is Masculine Journey Radio, P.O. Box 550, Kernersville, North Carolina, 27285, or online at truthnetwork.com. Be sure to let them know that you listen to the program on The Truth Network.